You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. of the Apostle John ring so true in John 1 verses 4 and 5. In him, Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend. The light still shines today in this darkened world, and sadly today, the majority of the world still does not recognize the light as being the true light from heaven. They don't recognize it, or they don't want it, or both. Have you ever wondered why Jesus refers to Christian as light of the world? In today's message, Pastor Dave talks about how because of sin, the world is in darkness. But because of Christ and His sacrifice, His light shines through the darkness. When you share the gospel, you are sharing the light to others. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 17 as he begins his message, Treason or Truth? But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd, but the rulers of the city, when they had heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. I read a very interesting quote this week from Ron Paul, who is a politician. You might know him. You might have some ideas about him. I'm not worried about that. That's not what we're talking about. But his quote this week is very, very interesting. He said this, truth is treason in the empire of lies. Did you hear that? Truth is treason in the empire of lies. And when I read this, this struck me. I mean, it really hit me hard, especially since our message last week about being upside down in a world that's upside down to God. And if we're upside down in a world that's upside to God, that means we're right side up, correct? The world is upside down because it's full of Satan's lies. It's believing the lies that Satan, who is throwing out to this world, and who is the emperor of this world right now? Satan. He's the ruler of this world. This time is very short, though. It's interesting, though, that it led me to a passage in John where Jesus speaks to the Pharisees after indictment of the woman caught in adultery. You know this in John 8. Jesus says this to the Pharisees, you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. 
That's John 8, I think it's 35 through 37. Jesus would eventually be tried for treason. He would eventually, one of the charges against him would be treason for telling the truth of the kingdom of God in a Roman empire. So I guess the question for me is, as we live in this world that's upside down, is our allegiance to God considered treason by the world? According to Webster, treason is an act of, or an attempted act of working for the enemies of the state. It's an act of betrayal. It's an act of disloyalty. So living for Jesus makes us disloyal in a worldview. We don't think of like the world thinks. We're, we're supposed to be different from the world. We go along our different way because we're disciples of Jesus Christ, and this appears to the world as being disloyal. I have an example for you. I used to have a great crowd that I ran with at Votech when I was over in Votech for those 11 years before Christ. And I ran with this crowd and almost like the leader of the pack, big boop de do. I was the one with all the dirty jokes. I was the one that was always organizing all the beer parties and the booze drinking and all the things that were happening there. When I accepted Christ, my life changed completely. The Lord showed me that I could no longer hang around with those that I used to hang around with. I was now called to a different life. And guess what? They considered me disloyal. What kind of friend was I? I turned my back on them. I couldn't party with them any longer. Those kind of things. I was disloyal. Basically, they accused me of treason to the crowd. Living for God is actually living right side up in an upside down world. When we express our love for God, the world sees it as treason. When we desire and call Jesus king, the world is afraid. And why are they afraid? Because they lack understanding. They lack knowledge of who Jesus really is. They don't know any better. We know that treason is the highest crime of a civil nature of which man can be guilty of. And its signification is different in different countries that you go to. In general, it's an offense of attempting to overthrow the government of the state to which the offender owes allegiance or betraying the state into the hands of a foreign power. If you are of a monarchy where there's a king, the killing of the king, the attempt to kill the king or take his life is considered treason. However... In England, just the thought or imagining the death of the king or the queen or the prince or any other of the royals is considered high treason. In the United States, it's been downplayed a little bit. It means now actually those who levy war against the United States, those that kind of go with our enemies. But truth, on the other hand, if you look at a textbook definition of of truth, You see this conformity to fact or conformity to reality. It's exact accordance with that which is, that which was, and that which shall be. We rely on the truth of the Scriptures and the prophecies that we find in God's Word. Jesus told the Samaritan woman that God is a spirit and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. In Psalm 71, it speaks of the truth of God as being his veracity and his faithfulness. The truth of God is revealed through his will. Uh, The psalmist in Psalm 26.3 says, I've walked in your truth, O Lord. And what did Jesus declare? I am the way, the truth, and the life. But the world has always seen truth 
as treason. The world looks upon truth and thinks it to be contrary to them, which is treasonous. From the beginning, an alliance to God through Jesus Christ has always been thought of treason. Let me tell you a story. In 320 AD, some 290 years after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, in the town of Sebaste, Armenia, there was this Roman Empire under Emperor Lucinius, Licinius, excuse me. There was this legion of Roman soldiers, about 40 strong. Every one of them have made professions of faith in this entire legion. You know, all 40 of them were now disciples of Jesus Christ. They were taken to the Roman governor, and the Roman governor promptly says that they must make an offering to the Roman gods. They were told that if they didn't do this, they would be stripped of all their military status. The story goes like this. The 40 soldiers all believed firmly in the Lord Jesus. They knew that they must not deny him or sacrifice to Roman idols, no matter what the governor would do to them. One centurion by the name of Camdidius spoke for the legion. He said, nothing is dearer or of greater honor to us than Christ in our God. The governor then tried other tactics to help get them to deny their faith. First, he offered them money and imperial honors, and he threatened them with torments and tortures of a rack of fire. Camdidius replied again, you offer us money that remains behind and glory that fades away. You seek to make us friends of the emperor, but you alienate us from our true king. We desire one gift, the crown of righteousness. We are anxious for one glory, the glory of a heavenly kingdom. We love honors, but the honors we love are those of heaven. He continued, you threaten fearful torments and call our godliness a crime, but you will not find us faint-hearted or attached to this life or easily stricken with terror. For the love of God, we are prepared to endure any kind of torture. This outraged the governor. He was now furious. He accused them of high treason. And now he wanted them to die a slow and painful death. They were stripped naked and they were herded into the middle of a frozen lake. He set soldiers around the perimeter of the lake so that they couldn't escape. While they were in the middle of the lake, the 40 soldiers started to encourage each other as if they were going into battle. One of them said, how many of our companies in arms fell out of on the battlefront, showing themselves loyal to an earthly king. It is possible for us to sacrifice our lives in faithfulness to the true king. We shall do this. Let us not turn aside, O warriors. Let us not turn our backs and fight the devil. They spent the night encouraging each other, bearing their pain and rejoicing in the hope of soon being with the Lord Jesus. To increase their torment, the governor set up hot baths around the lake so that they could see them. The governor had hoped to weaken their resolve with the freezing men. He told them, you may come ashore when you're ready to deny your faith and take a warm, hot bath and be saved. Sadly to say, in the end, one did weaken. He came off the ice. He denied his Savior, Jesus Christ, and stepped into the warm bath. When one of the guards on the shore saw this man desert, he suddenly ran out to the middle of the ice, stripped off all his clothes, and took the other person's place. 
surprising, everyone turned around at the suddenness of his conversion, and they watched him stripping off his clothes, running into the middle of the ice yelling, I am a Christian, I am a Christian, I will serve no other king except Jesus. It's been called the mystery of martyrdom. Why would seeing these believers who are willing to die for their faith inspire a highly trained soldier in the prime of his life to join them in death? Do you know it's been estimated that in the first two and a half centuries, six million Christians were put to death? The main charge? Treason. The main charge was treason. These believers were charged with that crime, saying that there was another king. There was another king other than Caesar. They were killed because they refused to say Caesar was Lord. Did six million believers go to their deaths because they committed treason or because they knew and believed the truth about who Jesus really was, King of kings and Lord of lords? This is what I see happening to Paul and Silas. This is what they're accused of in the Scriptures that we read today. They had come to Thessalonica led by the Holy Spirit. And remember what happened in in verses 2 and 3 of chapter 17. And we read them. Then Paul, as was his custom, went into them. And for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. A few weeks ago, we spoke at length on these very scriptures. Paul used the word of God those Sabbath days to reason with them. He explained and demonstrated that Jesus was and is the Christ, the Messiah that was foretold by the prophets. Paul proved to them through the word of God. He used their very own scriptures. And he proved to them that Jesus is the Messiah. He went to Psalm 2 and talked about the kingly Messiah. He went to Isaiah 53 and talked about the suffering Messiah. Paul reasoning with them those days, and he opened their eyes of a few to the Scriptures, explaining how both sets of prophecies were now fulfilled in one person. This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. But in verse 4, we see what happened. Some of them were persuaded. A great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few leading women joined Paul and Silas. A huge conversion. Many came to the Lord, a great number, it said, a great multitude. Many came to faith. When delivering the word of God, there will be always those who do not believe. And there will always be those who are sometimes even get mad. They get jealous of what you say. They get angry over the way you say it, and they come against you for whatever reason. They always want to silence the truth. Have you noticed the way the truth is trying to be silenced in our day today? Many, many different areas. We're going to hear more and more about it, how people want to silence the truth, how they want to stamp out the name of Jesus, how they don't want kids singing Christmas carols, how they don't want to, you know, that's why they have Xmas. They want to stamp out the truth. You know, whether it's in schools, government, workplaces, or even religious facilities, the Word of God is trying to be silenced today. Have you ever noticed that when you're in those places that I mentioned, in school, in government places, in workplaces, you can say anything you want. I can talk about Buddha. I can talk about Muhammad. I can talk about atheism. I can talk about Confucius. I can talk about Hinduism. But dare I mention the name of Jesus Christ? Immediately I am silenced when I mention the name of Jesus Christ and declare that I am a Christian. No, no, no. 
You're a hater. You're not a Christian. You're not tolerant. You're a hater. Excuse me? That's not the Christ I know. You seem to do everything wrong in a world that's wrong side up to God. All they want to do is silence us. All they want to do is keep a lid and keep us shut so that we don't proclaim the truth. It's the truth that they're fighting against. Words of the Apostle John ring so true in John 1, verses 4 and 5. In him, Jesus, was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light still shines today in this darkened world. And sadly, today, the majority of the world still does not recognize the light as being the true light from heaven. They don't recognize it, or they don't want it, or both. We see in the next verses the results of Paul's evangelism, and they weren't pleasing to everybody. Again, when you're evangelizing, there will be people who shut doors in your face. There will be people who spit upon you. There will be people who call you foul and filthy names because of your faith. Be prepared when you're evangelizing. The unbelieving Jews became envious of Paul's success, and they were grieved because so many men and women left the synagogue. Why were they grieved? Why were they envious? What drove them to these decisions? See, Paul had hoped to provoke the, the Jews to salvation by what the Gentiles were receiving. He was hoping that they would study the Scriptures and they would learn that Jesus truly is the Messiah. But they didn't. It only provoked them into persecuting the new believers. As we begin in verse 5, it says, But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob, set in all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring the people out. Poor Jason. Where Jason's a new believer, and he has people at his house, and now this entire mob's coming at his house. You know, people often strike out at what they don't understand. Have you ever realized that? Have you ever noticed that? People strike out at what they don't understand. The first thing they want to do is they want to strike out about it. Because I don't understand it, you must be talking hogwash. You must be talking untruth. Let's silence these men so they will no longer influence the synagogues. If we silence these Christians, we can live our lives any way we want to live. We don't have to listen to that hogwash. We don't have to listen to that hunky stuff that they're constantly talking about. Let's silence them. Let's take the truth completely out of the picture because there is no truth. There are no absolutes. There is no black and white. I take Jesus out of the picture. I can live any way I want to. I can do anything I want and call it okay. That's what the world's doing. That's what we see. You see it in your own eyes. And they silence the truth, and there is no more right or wrong. We can just make it up as we go along. I have a sister-in-law that I dearly love, and she claims to know Jesus, but one of her, famous, one of her most famous words, that I, it sounds like people scraping on chalkboards when she goes, oh, you know, whatever works. It's not whatever works. It's God's way. It's Christ's way. It's the Christian way. It's not whatever works. Have you noticed how this is becoming this liberal Christianity? I believe to be a Christian, but there are some things that we're okay in Christian living. No, not according to the Bible I read. These unbelieving Druze wanted to drag the missionaries before the magistrate. So what did they do? They manufactured a riot. 
They went to the bad men. I love that. Some evil men. There must have been guys in the city who were known for their evilness. And they went to them. Hey, come on. We're going to have a riot. Yeah, go. We haven't had a riot here in a long time. Woo-hoo. Let's have one. Yeah. It's always a good time for a riot. And they got these guys together. It says in verse 6, but when they did not find them, they went to Jason's house. They didn't find them. So what they do, they drug poor Jason and some of the brethren of the rulers of the city crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. I can hear them almost whining. Oh, they're coming here and they're going to turn us upside down. Same thing happened in Pisidia, Antioch. The same thing happened in Iconium. The same thing happened in Lystra on the first missionary tour. They also opposed Paul by a mob who was envious it's interesting. It says they're envious. What are they envious about? It's almost like they want what, they, want what we have, but yet they don't want what we have. I like your lifestyle, but I don't want it. But yet I do want it. But I don't want Jesus to be a part of it, but I, I don't want it. I mean, talk about confusing. You know, to complain that the Christians have turned the world upside down, as they said, these men were, what they're saying was that these guys have come and they've radically impacted our world and nothing seems the same now. Our world is different because of these Christians coming in here. Do you make the world different because of you? Where you go, do things become different? When I worked at Wildwood High School, there was a certain table I sat at every morning for coffee. And, you know, the more I would talk about my Christianity, the different the table would get. The cussing slowed down. The foul jokes became quieter. If someone did cuss, they all of a sudden go, ooh, sorry. Do you make the world different where you go because you carry Christ with you? Is the world different when you're there because of Christ in you, the hope of glory? I hope so. You know, this wasn't meant as a compliment, as we said last week, but you know, there are many, many Christians today who want to be told that they're turning the world upside down. It's become a compliment. But during this time, it wasn't a compliment. In verse 7, it continues, Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. And here comes the charge. Treason. They're acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar himself. They're saying that, hey, there's another king, and his name is Jesus. This is high treason to the Roman Empire. This is high treason subject to death in the Roman Empire. Of all the things that they heard Paul and Silas say in the Sabbath those days, in the synagogue, they did hear the part about Jesus being king. That stuck with them. They heard that part about Jesus being king. So they were listening to what Paul was saying. But ever notice how when someone hears the Scriptures, they take little pieces of the Scriptures and they always turn it around to use it against you? They always do that. These sly people out there hear Scriptures and they'll just take this piece, this piece, this piece. Aha, gotcha. They throw it back in your face. Because it's false, it's not the truth. But not the entire scripture, it just becomes words. It doesn't become truth. The entire scripture makes it truth. The context makes it true. You take it out of context, you can do anything you want. And that's what's happening. They were envious. They were jealous. They used the truth as treason. They knew the prophecies. They knew that there would be a king. They heard them all. They knew them all. But now this was considered treason. It's interesting here that the Greek word used for another in this particular instance means another of a different kind. In other words, there's a king unlike Caesar. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope Radio with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. 
In today's message, Pastor Dave is in the book of Acts. In this book, you'll hear about many people who had been eyewitnesses of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. They were now going to tell others about Jesus, and many were coming to a saving faith. If these disciples were just following some flash-in-the-pan rabbi, they wouldn't have been so eager to risk their lives for the sake of telling about this good news. No, it's because they saw it lived out, and they saw the greatest miracle of all happen, Jesus dying and then rising again. What an incredible time to live. So when you're facing opposition and persecution for following Jesus, remember that these disciples did too, and they were willing to face the ramifications for such faith. If you're wrestling with what this means to have a saving faith, we'd love to seek God in prayer with and for you. You can email us your requests at info at capewatchradio.com. If you'd rather call, we can chat with you on the phone too. Our number is 609-884-5821. That phone number once more is 609-884-5821. Anything else you'd like to know about can be found on our website, assurehoperadio.com. We've come to the end of our time together for today, but we'll be back next time as Pastor Dave shares some more great things from the Bible here on Assure Hope.